in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? And welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host. I think his name is Andy Hart. Howdy, <laughs> listeners. Welcome aboard the freight train to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Town. Wow, a freight train. So we're late era uh, cowboys. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, uh, I guess trains were always a part of cowboy yeah, yeah, lore, right? 17th century. Sure. sure. They would rob them. Yeah. Bad cowboys. Yeah, we're the, we're the good cowboys. <laughs> we're the good boys of cowboys. We're the, we're good cowboys. Yeah. Moo. We're we a couple of cows. Move around. <laughs> Listeners, we're a couple of cows. And, um, hey, Andy. Mm. Move over because uh, we got quite. We're Minotaurs, the original cowboys. Those were more of bull boys. Bull boys. Well, um, actually, Andy. Yeah, I'm a steer. Given a Minotaur's constitution, <laughs> I'm a steer boy. Yeah. Uh, we got a miss. The, you we remember got a that? Miss. Hey, you remember that cartoon? Okay, that cowboys of Moo Mesa. Might be a little before your time. Yeah, that's, that's sounds. We got a mystery, huh, Andy? Oh, right. oh, oh, we got a mystery today. We got yeah, an unsolved mystery. mystery topic today, Andy. That's right, we do. Uh, who, who put Bella in the witch elm? Who? Uh, Love that song. Who did it? We're trying to solve the mystery of who put Bella in the witch elm, Andy. Yeah, it's an unsolved mystery. It's fun. It's got uh, is World War Two. It's spies. It's dead bodies. <laughs> It's got trees. Yeah, it's, you know, if you want it, you got it in this this episode. And even, listeners, a little smooch, a little kiss, a little droplet of occult magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, right. you know what? Don't don't waste any more time. Go right to the tree by, find, by looking in the show notes. Listeners, hear me out. Look in the show notes. There's a timestamp. Use the timestamp. You can go straight to the research. You don't have to sit here and listen to the first 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. We know some of you out there don't want to listen. You don't have to arbitrarily <laughs> skip ahead. Yeah. You can pick the exact time with the slider you can find on your it. device or computer. It's right there in the show notes. It's in the show notes. I Just head straight you. to it. I promise you, listeners. Anyway, but if you do want to stick around, we mm. applaud you and we appreciate you. We like you most of all. Because Don't tell the other listeners. Because Andy and I... Every week, we get captured by the titular Mr. Bunker, mm-hmm. the illusionary mastermind, in a new uh-huh. and peculiar way, and this week is no different. Yeah, we were both captured. 
We were both captured. Brought to the bunker. Brought to the bunker. Brought here. Ready to fucking rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. I've got my rocking shirt on. <laughs> and he's got his rocking shirt on. He's ready to rock in his little rocker. Um. So, rock, 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 go ahead. We're going to rock, rock, rock around the clock tonight. Rock, rock, rock. Andy. <laughs> oh, you want to hear how I got here? Yeah, let's hear how you got here. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh, Bill Haley and his comets, um, I um, retro gaming, huh? How about it? Uh, retro gaming, huh? How about it? How about it? Retro gaming has kind of been in vogue uh, lately. I don't think it ever went out of vogue, but you know what? We don't need to get well, into semantics. Didn't used to be retro. Okay, um, I guess that's so true. So retro gaming in vogue. People like the classic arcade machines. They love them. They love to speed run them. They love to get the highest scores possible. That's right. They love the old consoles. Everybody loves retro gaming. That's right. Uh, millennials are obsessed with nostalgia. Okay. Not me. I don't care. But <laughs> retro gaming is fun. So <laughs> Chicago is home to some pretty cool places. Very cool play arcade, retro arcade games. Arcade, arcades. And and pinball. I like pinball a lot. Yeah, pinball yeah. actually a lot of fun, I think. Not, uh, not for me, but. Well, okay. Not for everybody. Yeah. To each his own. Sure. Um, Except I will say this. There's a machine at a certain arcade bar. Okay. That I will not disclose the location of because, hey. I don't want this place being overrun. This is my secret spot, baby. Yeah. Uh, there is a old 70s pinball machine at this arcade bar. It has all, it's all mechanical. No, di- nothing digital about it. And I love playing that motherfucking machine. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I played that machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there with you, I think. We played yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's that's a, a great fun machine. One. It's a very fun one. And it's a little broken because uh, I think it's just because it's old. You can like keep Yeah, you forever. can just like kind of it never, keep getting free plays. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's fun because it's all mechanical. Right. I mean, it all the looks, boops and beeps. Yeah. There's no LEDs on it. It's all, uh, well, there might be LEDs on it, but yeah. nothing's digital. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of places like this where you can go, you can retro game. Sure. You can play pinball. Yeah. You can, you can use all manner of obsolete technology. Oh, you know? yeah. There's flip phones. You can make a fax. Moto razors in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. for you to make calls. You can uh, make. You can make. Uh, you can. You can watch movies on Laserdisc. Quills and inks. <laughs> Everything's on eight track. It's great. Um. So you know me, Art. Right. Like I, if I, mean, I maybe if I'm retro gaming, I got to get my fix of Konami arcade games. Right. Yeah. Sure. We're like talking uh, Metal Slug. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean specifically, you know what I'm thinking of. The Simpsons arcade game. Oh, uh, okay. You know, yeah, they yeah. made the Simpsons arcade game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They made a lot of ones, like, uh, like I think, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Fantastic uh, Four. Uh, yeah. I Gauntlet? Think, uh, did they make Gauntlet? Uh, we played a, We played some Gauntlet in our day. Maybe they did uh, the X-Men? Oh, X-Men. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm going for the Simpsons game. Sure. I mean, obviously. That's a fun one. So, Mr. Burns <clears throat> steals Maggie. Right, and then the whole family has to come together. Right. Well, it's it's Smithers, really. Smithers, but at the behest of Mr. Burns. Bart has a skateboard attack. Mm-hmm. I forget what Lisa and Homer Lisa have. Lisa has her uh, her jumping rope. Oh, jumping rope. That's right. Um, Marge has a vacuum. Marge cleaner, has a vacuum, and Homer just wails away with his fists. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> um, but it's a great game. Great I love game. it. So I head out to one of these hotspots for retro Hot gaming. Spots. 
and it, it just opened. Uh, you've probably not been to this one yet. It's no. called it's called Five Bees for a Quarter. So <laughs> I get in there. I hit the change machine. Immediately, I change a $5 bill. I know I'm going to need these quarters for the Simpsons arcade game. Well, the Simpsons arcade game, let's, I mean, let's be honest. Unless you're incredibly good at it, you're probably, like, it. It's just they're designed to have you keep arcade feeding. games. You can't just go one time yeah. through. Like you have think to be it happens. So like, fucking good at the yeah, game. Yeah. So you need the quarters, right? So uh, you know, I turned my shirt into a little quarter cradle. You know, I like lift the tail up and put the quarters in there. Sure. I waddle over to the Simpsons. <laughs> okay. Game. Well, you didn't need to describe yourself like that. But well, all right. okay. Well, as I'm walking, uh, I trip over like one of these exposed power cords. You know, they got to plug these things in. I trip over a power cord and I go. <laughs> Flying through the air, quarters and all, ass over tea kettle, straight. I'm flying right toward the Simpsons arcade game. Okay, I'm airborne. I start to crash through the screen. Oh my god! Of the Simpsons arcade game, like I'm hitting the cabinet. Wow! And uh, something you so- really fucking launched yourself. Yeah. Well, you know <laughs> what was your velocity? I mean, you must have been going. Well, I have a lot of fast. mass. Yeah. I have a lot of mass, That's so it right. doesn't take that much. <laughs> What to really trip. get me going. And yeah. I imagine it's, it's like a lot of like, momentum. Like when a when a video game glitches and one of the characters just kind of like a Skyrim glitch and he just kind of goes flying across the map. Right. Yeah. That's this is what this was like. This okay. was like a glitch. Okay. Um my existence is pretty much a glitch, I think. Um <laughs> so I'm flying at the cabinet. Something really weird happens though. Okay. I, I crash in, but I go I go through the screen. Yeah. But like through it. Into the game. Wow, like a teleporter? It's like I went, yeah, like some sort of like 90s movie. I fell into the the screen of like the game. weird science. <laughs> Did that happen in that movie? I don't know. Well, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and it was science. So I land, I land in the game. I'm in the game. You're in, in the game. And I'm in the final stage. Oh, my God. I'm in Mr. Burns' office. Mr. Smithers has clearly already been defeated. Because Mr. Burns busts through the wall in his mech suit. <laughs> so I, I, it's not Mr. Burns that's in the mech, though. Uh-oh. It's Mr. Bunker. Oh, my God. They both have bees in their names. Now, now, just like in the game art, okay? Okay. Mecha Bunker whacks me repeatedly with his extendo arms <laughs> and drops nuclear bombs from his tummy <laughs> that... That for some reason don't vaporize us both or give us radiation poisoning. They just explode and that's it. Yeah. Now I notice I notice in this the stats like hovering above the our hubs, heads, sure. Uh, that my health is is starting to fade. You have a health bar. Yeah. You. I mean that's what you you've got. So right. I notice that my health is kind of is shrinking here. Um, I I know that if I get one more one more whack from uh from the gadget arms. I'm done. I lose a life. Oh my god! You could die in the game. Uh, yeah, I think die this in is like life. an Inception thing. Yeah. So I can't put a quarter in the machine. So I just sort of blink for ten seconds, and then everything goes black. I wake up in the cabinet of the game. <laughs> I push open the back panel and crawl out, only to find myself right here in the bunker. What? I look Wait, at the, what happened? Did you get whacked? Yeah, I got whacked. Oh, you you lost your health. Yeah. And then the, like, the continue screen came up. I blinked for 10 seconds, and then <laughs> I woke up in the cabinet of the game here in the bunker. Okay. Now I'm following you. Uh, so I look at, I come out of the cabinet of the game. Yeah. I look at the gr- the screen, and it's just right there on the screen. It's Mr. Bunker's 
malevolent, smiling face. Jeez. Then the whole arcade game gets up and walks away. Oh, my God. So it was a costume. It was a costume. But but somehow he how did transported he, me. He, I can't even, I don't even understand how he would do something like that. I think that this costume exceeds the boundaries of like what we know to be technologically maybe, possible in our world. Maybe he put some kind of VR tech on your face. Maybe. Maybe I just had a weird like experience with it. Or I maybe you just bonked your head and it was all a dream. Who knows? That's true. I've suffered a lot of head trauma at his hands. <laughs> and maybe I just, maybe he whacked me on the dome before I even got, maybe that's why I tripped. Well, you know, if you look on the bright side, Andy, at least you kind of got to play the game a little. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was in it. Yeah. In it to win it. You were part of it. How did yeah. it feel to be part of the Simpsons universe? Uh, It was probably... It's canon now. You're part of the Simpsons universe. Well, is it though? <laughs> this isolated machine? Did this transfer to the programming of the other Simpson arcade games? I don't know. I didn't mm. even know there were other ones. Yeah. I know there's other games. They were for console, but they weren't for uh, arcades. Yeah. They they put hit and run in a... In a Taxi? Crazy. You ever played the Simpsons Crazy Taxi knockoff? Yeah, I think... I played a lot of that. I think that was Hit and Run, right? No, Hit and Run was the Grand Theft Auto knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. They made a Crazy Taxi knockoff where all you did was just drive around and pick up people and drop them off. Oh. And you could get uh, Homer's La Cucaracha car. Oh, yeah. The... uh, I can't remember it now. Or Otto. You You could play as Otto driving the school bus. There was a lot of cars you could play as. Yeah. Uh, the family's pink sedan. That sounds familiar, but I'm obviously conflating it with. Obviously, you're confused because of your head trauma. Yeah, obviously, I've. And now that I notice that you are bleeding from a couple different orifices. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's blood in my ears, but that's. I mean, what can we do? <laughs> I can't stop it. You have to podcast. It just keeps coming. <laughs> no matter how much cotton I stuff in there, it just keeps coming. <laughs> I can't stop it. Well, Andy, believe it or not, I actually empathize with you. Wow, I didn't know you could empathize. Yeah, with I know. Anybody. It's shocking, right? Yeah. Because I'm I, much like... Stunned. <laughs> I, much like you... Uh, you love retro gaming? I love retro gaming, but I also... Um, I, I was attacked and I was hurt. Oh. In my capture story. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but my clothes are all torn up. I have scratches all over my face. Um. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I everything hurts and I smell bad. I mean, I noticed your tattered clothes, but... Andy, I was mauled by a bear. That doesn't phase me anymore. A bear? I was mauled by a bear. Oh. A Charmin Ultra Bear. From the commercial? <laughs> from the commercial. The Charmin commercial? I was mauled by a Charmin Ultra Bear from the commercial. The bear the bear whose hiney is clean? Their hineys are fucking spotless. I can tell you because I've seen them up close. <laughs> Did the bear make you eat its ass? The bear. The bear. I was hiking in the woods, Andy, having a fun time, enjoying the cool weather. And I was, I was mauled by a bear. Oh my God. I saw this bright red bear yeah. pop out of the forest and just started attacking me revenant style. Like, wow. uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio in the revenant. Wow. It just started mulling me back and forth, biting me all over. You know what, Andy? We have been talking so much on this podcast about if we could survive wolf attacks, if yeah. we could survive mountain lions, bears. Well, Andy, I'm living proof that I survived a bear attack. Did you win, though? No. The Charmin Ultra Bear ate me alive and shat me out and then wiped its ass clean with some Charmin Ultra double quilt. 
Wow. Uh, Two-ply toilet paper. And let me tell you, I mean, it's ass. Spotless. Sparkling clean? Sparkling clean. After it ate and shat me out. Wow. On the forest floor. It did a little dance. It wiped its butt like the toilet paper was a towel. Yeah. The other bears, there were other bears there looking on jealously with bits of toilet paper caked in their ass. But not were these the sh- also red bears? Or no, no, these were other bears. Oh. I believe the Charmin bears at one point were blue. I don't know. I don't know. But this this bear was a Charmin Ultra Bear, and it was spotless and clean. Not wow. the first time I've been happened upon by a bear in the forest. When I was in Alaska, I did a, encounter a black bear, and it walked away. How did it wipe its butt? Probably poorly. Probably oh. with tree bark, oh. which it should not be using. No, that seems rough on yeah. your anus. <laughs> yeah. Not like these Charmin Ultra Bears. But anyway, as I was all shat out in days, Bunker came by and scooped me up with a big old pooper scooper. Oh. It just brought me here. Wow. Uh, so I guess the Charmin Ultra Bear kind of like like ate you like a duck. <laughs> like just kind of like, oh, 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 like didn't yeah. chew? Didn't Holy. chew? I mean, it played with me at first, whacking me around, smacking me, tearing me. I mean, they're vicious. You know, yeah. I don't know why a toilet paper company would choose a vicious fucking animal like a bear. Yeah, an, as its as its mascot. I uh, mean, an exceptional predator. Oh, an exceptional predator, an exceptionally uh, ass wiper. Yeah, <laughs> you know they should have picked something with opposable thumbs, <laughs> yeah. not claws. Yeah, those claws are gonna dig into <laughs> you, you know. You know, sometimes your little finger goes through the toilet paper because oh, your butt's God. all wet. Imagine if you had a big claw in there and that Jesus claw goes Christ. right into your butthole. Yeah, I can't imagine what life as a bear is like. I don't want to imagine. Yeah. But anyway, that's what happened to me, Andy. I Jesus. Guess. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm glad that you're okay. Well, I mean, I am a little bit. It's, I'm traumatized for sure. Sure. But, uh, I mean, that's every week in the bunker, you know? This is what we've endured for... This is what happens. Several months. This is our this is our life. This, this is, is our legacy. This is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is how the world will remember us. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. As the guy who got eaten and shat out by a bear. Andy, I was in the forest, and likewise, our story today concerns a forest. Unfortunately, our uh, victim in the story wasn't so lucky as to live uh, being shat out by a bear. You know, more so stuffed into a tree. Yeah, as we'll I get into art. I gotta just say one thing though. Yeah, yeah. I am not a Charmin fan. I prefer quilted northern, quilted northern three ply ultra plush. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Andy! Just use a fucking cloth at that point. Hmm? Just get a toilet. Just it get would, a fucking tea. Nice. Like a don't use like adult wet wipes. You ever use those? Mm, no, I don't know. I would. Maybe I'll get a bidet. <laughs> Does a bidet just work? You don't have to wipe. No, you gotta you gotta wipe minimally. Mm. I think. I'm with you. I I don't like the industrial single ply stuff that you find in every public bathroom. That stuff drives me. But nuts. you're willing to settle. You don't need. I mean, what are you going to do if you're in the bathroom and you're that's all they have? No, but I'm saying like you're you're saying that. I'm a hedonist for getting quilted northern three-ply ultra plush. I mean, I don't know. I'd split the difference depending Why? on the cost. Why settle? Depending on cost because I don't need that much. It's not expensive. Uh, it kind of is. 
That much more than Charmin? I don't think we so. We go through toilet paper a lot, Andy. Yeah. How much toilet paper are you using in your house? I mean, I use one roll every other day. <laughs> They're going to say every time. Every time. <laughs> the city hates me. <laughs> your sewer lines are just... <laughs> just a huge wad. I don't even need it. I just... I wipe. Oh, you got to use it, otherwise it expires. And then I take the end and just drop it into the toilet so that it gets wet. So that when you flush, it just sort of sucks the whole roll in. (laughs) Andy, you are an immense waste. I am, truly. And that actually is my legacy. (laughs) Uh, Listeners, today's topic, as we mentioned, is an unsolved mystery concerning a a victim who was stuffed inside of a hollow witch elm tree. And we're going to have some theories as to who she was. Um, Andy, I mean, have you ever heard of this topic before? I never heard of it before. Okay. I, that's it. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of history references, Andy. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to rein you in a little. I know. I know. I'm going to try to keep myself under control. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing a chastity belt. <laughs> Well, you're doing that for a couple of different reasons. I have an electrified jock on right now. <laughs> uh, listeners, eh, let's just get to it. I mean, <laughs> let's quit beating around the witch elm bush. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, here is Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm? Were you in October of 1941, huh? You dirty dog. I'll tell you where you were. You were down in Hagleywood bearing a body, you dirty dog. You oh, dirty dog. Art, get that spotlight out of my face. Besides that, I wasn't even born until 1942. Well, listeners, I've never seen Andy's birth certificate or his tax returns. Lock me up. <laughs> I have seen Andy's piss tapes. They're not good. <laughs> You're not missing anything there. Trust me. You don't want to see those. <laughs> I'm selling those to get rich. <laughs> then I'll be taking golden showers every day. Oh, my God. Speaking of piss tapes, listeners, our story today is a bizarre unsolved mystery from the Midlands of England. Who put Bella in the witch elm? Who put Bella in the witch elm? Who put Bella in the witch elm? Who? Who? It was the height of World War II, Andy. Who 19- put Bella in the witch elm? Who? Who? <laughs> who? 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 <laughs> 1943. Height of World War II. 1943 in the small village of Hagley, just outside of Birmingham, Worcestershire, England. Worcestershire. Is it Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Fuck. I'm going to get grilled. Boy. We're going to get a comment. All right. Worcestershire, England. I am sorry. I apologize. Who are you, Jeff Lynn? You got the Birmingham Blues? <laughs> On Sunday morning in April, four teenage boys, Robert Hart, Thomas Willits, my cousin, Bob Farmer, and Fred Payne, were out and about looking to entertain themselves. Perhaps they were looking to escape the troubles of living in a war zone in England. Some accounts have the boys playing soccer or football, as they would call it. 
Others had them searching for birds, bird's nest or chirp, chirp, nesty doos, as they would call it, mm-hmm. in Hagley Woods. Either way, they were trespassing, as the woods were part of the Hagley estate belonging to Lord Cobham near Witchbury Hill. Um, regardless of what they were doing eventually, the boys came up to a large witch hazel tree. Now, imagine, listeners, a large storybook sinister specimen spouting branches every which way. These trees are, uh, are a sight to behold, and they're often referred to as witch elms. Then 15-year-old Bob Farmer decided to climb the witch elm to help the boys get a better look. There, he caught sight of something white hidden in the hollow witch elm trunk. He reached in to grab it, thinking it might be a bird's nest or something else, but what he retrieved was no treasure, but a human skull. At first, the boys thought the skull was that of an animal. They also found a bottle and a pair of women's shoes. After inspecting their hall a little more closely, the boys found out that this was no animal skull. It was a human's, and it still had bits of rotting flesh and hair clinging to it, as well as two protruding crooked front teeth. This was in England, remember? (sighs) It was at this moment that the boys realized they were somewhere that they definitely should not be. After putting their horrific discovery back in the tree, the boys made a pact to never tell anyone what they discovered in Hagleywood that day. They were, after all, trespassing. However, later that same night, the youngest of the bunch, 13-year-old Tommy Willits, broke down and confessed. He was so worried and distraught over what they had found, he told his parents everything, and they dutifully told the local police. The police exhumed most of an entire skeleton, along with the skull and a few more personal items from the tree. They found some rotting clothing, a battered shoe, a wedding ring, and the victim's hand hundred yards away from the body. The remains were sent to Professor James Webster, who conducted the forensic examination. Luckily, the skull was in rather good condition with nearly complete sets of teeth, tufts of skin and hair uh, were also uh, attached to it. He also found a section of taffeta, which is a uh, silk-like woven fabric in the mouth of the skull leading him to conclude that the victim had died from suffocation as a result of likely foul play. He also concluded that our victim was a petite female, likely 35 years old and around 5 feet tall. She had given birth at least once in her life and had been dead for at least 18 months, putting the time of death at around October 1941. From the measurements of the trunk in which the body had been discovered, he also deduced that she must have been placed there, quote-unquote, still warm after the killing, as she could not have fitted uh, in the trunk once the rigor mortis had uh, taken hold. Just who was this mysterious dead woman? Well, the obvious first clue is to check the missing persons reports. Now, listeners, I'll restrain myself in this next section, but... This was wartime England, okay? (laughs) Unfortunately, one of the cruelest casualties of war is that a lot of people go missing. There were so many missing persons records that it was difficult to narrow down the options. Not only that, but the local police at the time were made up of reserves as most of the regular police force was called upon to fight in the war. However, 
we are not saying that these police officers or detectives did shoddy work. It's simply the historical context that we have to understand in this situation. So even with the police's detailed description, nobody came forward with information on the woman and a search of 3,000 missing persons cases around the country proved fruitless. A nationwide search of dental practices also drew a blank. Wow, shocking. Not that many English people are going to the dentist. Jeez. Uh, the woman had had dental work done within a year of her death, but there was not a trace of her presence at any surgery. And so, sadly, as with so many missing persons cases, the interest soon faded. After all, the war was everyone's main focus at the time. The Birmingham area had suffered three years of German Luftwaffe bombing, and, well, it was a hard time to live. As Christmas 1943 approached, People had forgotten about the strange case of the woman in the tree. That is, until the graffiti started. Around Christmas of 1944, a graffiti message written in white chalk in large, all-capital, three-inch letters appeared on an empty building in the West Midlands town of Old Hill. It read, Who put Lubella down the witch elm? Soon after, more and more graffiti messages in the same exact style, white, all-caps, three-inch letters, appeared around the Midlands. Each message had some variation of the original. Sometimes it was just Hagleywood Bella. But after a few weeks, the message became consistent. Who put Bella in the witch elm? Either someone was playing a prank on the town of Hagley, or perhaps someone knew more than they were letting on. From then on, the name Bella stuck. Even the police adopted this nom de plume. Wow. Very cultured. But having a name, real or not, Andy, didn't help with the investigation. Bella's true identity and killer were never found, and the case remains unsolved to this day. So just who was this witch elm Bella? And what are some of the most popular theories surrounding her unfortunate demise? Ideas have swirled over the years regarding Bella's life. Some say she was simply a prostitute. Others say she was a Nazi spy, a cabaret dancer, an ostracized gypsy, or even an occultist. Indeed, much like the Barbie dolls I collect and make erotic short films with in my free time, Bella had a varied life and career, in theory. Wow, that was a big reveal. What? <laughs> you revealed your Barbie doll collection. Oh, have I not brought that up on the show before? I guess you haven't. Oh, yeah. I make a lot of erotic short films with my Barbie doll collection. <laughs> These are all collector's items, and I've ruined the value. <laughs> the films. That's the, the real films, treasure. Yeah. If you thought my piss tapes were bad, this will change your mind. All right. Check it out on my YouTube. Listeners, let's take a look at some of the most popular theories, starting with a Nazi spy. All right, Andy. I'm covering this part to rein you in a little bit because... We're going to cover your bath salts laced methamphetamine addiction. Ugh. Obscure history references. <laughs> Get me out of these chains. <laughs> no, Andy. We're only mentioning them to add to the story, Andy, not become it. Indeed, hundreds of Nazi spies were captured throughout Britain during the war. And the Midlands would have been a perfect place for spies to gain sweet, juicy intel due to its prevalence of munitions factories. Oh, please, Art. You think this is some good, obscure shit? This is more like a harmless bit of molly me and my friends do before going to a warehouse loft party in Brooklyn. Jesus. Please. 
If you really want to see me chase the purple dragon, let's discuss the Hungarian Revolution of 1848. All right, you party animal. Relax. Ah. <laughs> I didn't know you had friends in Brooklyn that you go to warehouse love parties with. I have friends. <laughs> Regardless. Let's fast forward a bit here, Andy. The case of who put Bella in the witch jump kind of, you know, it died down in the 40s until 1953 when journalist Wilfred Byford Jones started writing on the case again. He received a mysterious letter from a Anna of Claverly claiming Bella had died after getting involved with a World War II Nazi spy ring. Now, here's a little passage from the letter. Finish your articles, read the witch elm crime by all means. They are interesting to your readers, but you will never solve the mystery. The one person who could give the answer is now beyond the jurisdiction of the earthly courts. The affair is closed and involves no witches, black magic, or moonlit rites. Naturally, Byford Jones was intrigued. And as he and this mysterious Anna corresponded further, she eventually revealed the truth in a police confession. Anna was actually a woman named Una Mossop, and her hus- ex-husband, Jack Mossop, had confessed to family members that he and a Dutchman called Van Ralt had put the woman in the tree. Jack worked at a local munitions factory in the early 1940s. He met a mysterious Dutchman there who later revealed himself to be a Nazi spy. Jack had been passing the Dutchman information on local munition sites in exchange for cash. As we mentioned earlier, Nazi spies would pay top dollar for this kind of intel that could help to halt the British war effort. One day, Jack was to meet this mysterious Dutch Nazi spy at a pub close to Hagley Wood. When the mysterious Dutch Nazi showed up, he was arguing with a mysterious Dutch woman. Who? As you do. The mysterious Duchess ordered Jack to drive them both to nearby Clent Hills. But on the drive, the mysterious Dutch Nazi spy and the mysterious Dutch woman's argument had escalated and ended with the mysterious Dutch Nazi spy strangling the mysterious Dutch woman to death. Wow, that's a lot of mystery. A lot of mysterious Dutch people in that. (laughs) Out of fear for his own life, Jack helped the mysterious Dutchman bury the body in the witch elm. Apparently, it caused him so much grief including nightmares of a woman in a tree, that Jack institutionalized himself in 1941. He died later that year. This account given by Una must have had some truth to it because it convinced the police and MI5 to get involved in the case. They were able to confirm a few of the details of Una's account, but unable to find the remaining perpetrators. When British intelligence agency got involved, when the British intelligence agency got involved, Some believe there was a cover-up of the investigation. But again, we have to remember the historical context of the time. This was 1953, just eight years after the war, and details of Nazi spy rings may have, you know, still been classified info. Plus, adding fuel to the conspiracy fire was the fact that Bella's remains had gone missing, precluding any further forensic examinations. How convenient. Hmm. This case would die down a bit for a while after Una's story. Fifteen years would go by undisturbed, until a book titled Murder by Witchcraft by Donald McCormick was published. Despite its title, McCormick actually used, now Andy, correct me, Abwer? Abwer. Abwer files. Abwer. The records of German military intelligence to build upon this spy theory. According to McCormick, 
a Nazi agent by the name of Lehrer was operating in the Midlands in 1941, and he had a Dutch girlfriend living in Birmingham called Clarabella Drunkers, which I think Drunkers is just a great name. <laughs> Could this Clarabella be our Bella? Whew. Art. Oh, all this spy talk has me parched. Perhaps we should grab some martinis, shaken, not stirred, at the cabaret lounge and enjoy a nice show. Andy, last time you convinced me to do that, you forced everyone to watch you do a burlesque dance. Art, I live to perform, and I perform to live. I make a lot of money from those shows. No, Andy, people throw loose change at you to make you go away. Whatever, Art! <laughs> God! The truth hurts. Ugh. Anyway, recent declassifications by MI5 have shed some light on the spiring theory. One file details German Abwehr agent, Abwehr, by the way, was the Nazi intelligence agency, Joseph Jacobs. Jacobs, who infamously was the last man to be executed at the Tower of London, was captured after parachuting into Cambridgeshire in 1941. On him was a photograph of a young woman. She was a cabaret singer and German movie star called Clara Bowerly. According to Jacobs, she had also been recruited by the Gestapo as a secret agent and, had he not been captured, they may have even sent her in as a spy after him. Jacob's info checks out. Bowerly was indeed a German cabaret singer and had actually worked in Birmingham for several years before the war. She even developed a pretty convincing local accent. Andy, I'm no James Bond. That's obvious. Well, it's not that obvious. But if you ask me... <laughs> She'd make an ideal candidate for a spy, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Also, it's not too much of a stretch for English audiences to mishear the name Bowerly is Bella. Could our Bella be this uh, cabaret singer spy? Well, there's a few discrepancies that we have to mention with this theory. First off, Bowerly was listed as six feet tall. That's 180 centimeters, which is a staggering foot above Bella, who was only five feet tall. And in 2016, well, the theory of Bowerly as Bella was also laid to rest. A blogger obtained death records for Clara Bowerly. She died on December 16th, 1942, in a Berlin hospital from veronal poisoning. Now, veronal was a popular barbiturate sleep aid that was lethal after prolonged use, caused larger doses needed for the drug's effect. The spy theory has the most legs out of any of the theories, save for some of the less sexy and grandiose ones, such as Bella was simply a local prostitute killed by an angry pimp, or John Art. Oh. Or she was just some barmaid who got mixed up with the wrong crowd. But what about rich, witchcraft art, huh? Witchcraft. It's easy for me to say. That's sexy as hell. That is sexy. Yeah. Sexy witches. Woo. Indeed, the prevailing theory before the Una Mossop disclosure in 1953 was that Bella died as a result of an occult ritual performed by gypsies. The ritual is called the Hand of Glory, which really takes me back to high school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> According to all European beliefs... A candle made from the fat of a criminal who died on the gallows, that is, was hanged by the neck, was lighted and placed, 
as if in a candlestick in the hand of glory. The hand of the actual hand of glory, uh, which which comes from the same man as the fat of the candle, would render motionless all persons to whom it was presented. Uh, now, I just want to clarify. So it's a candle made from human fat being held by a hand from the same dead criminal. Right. That is what the hand of glory is. Right. Now, this hand of glory also supposedly had the power to unlock any door it came across. So a lot of the uh, lore about this hand of glory is uh, it was very useful for burglars because it would render the 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 habitants or the the, the people who lived in the house uh, motionless. They'd be able to steal all the stuff. They could unlock doors. The witchcraft theory was proposed by uh, Margaret Murray, an anthropologist and archaeologist from the University College London in 1945. And it remained the most popular theory uh, until 1953. Although Murray was a pioneering archaeologist and anthropologist, she had a tendency to see witches everywhere. She wrote several books on the history of witchcraft in Western Europe and proposed in one that there was a secret cabal of witches that infiltrated the highest levels of the English nobility and knocked off a number of kings. Hmm? Perhaps that's a topic for another episode, Andy. Maybe. Maybe. But alas, our case remains cold. Who put Bella in the witch elm? Was she a part of a Nazi spy ring? Did she die from a bizarre occult ritual? Was she simply some unfortunate soul who met a horrific end? Sadly, much like Bella's missing remains, the witch elm tree that served as her coffin for so many months has also died and gone away. But the legend lives on. Even recently, graffiti in the same white, all-caps lettering has surfaced on a 200-year-old obelisk in Hagley Wood. Is it simply someone keeping the legend alive? Or does someone out there know some dark secret? Does someone still know who put Bella in the witch elm? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, 71.2, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. Hey, 
Welcome back, listeners. That hey, was our uh, listeners. <laughs> that was our research of who, who put Bell in the witch elm. Who, 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 who put Bella in the witch elm? Who, 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 who? Boy, there's so many fun songs you can make out of this yeah. poor person's death. Yeah, you know, if there's one thing I really enjoy, it's finding the victim of a horrible murder and making a lot of fun songs about <laughs> a popular graffiti tagline associated with their death. Uh, Andy. Yeah. You've put your hand in many a glory holes, haven't you? Oh, baby, have I ever. You got a couple of hands of glories. I'm on the edge of the hand of, of, glory. The hand of glory. <laughs> Andy, okay. And what I'm you... edging for a moment with you. Jesus Christ. I'm on the edge. <laughs> the edge. Oh, no. <laughs> Not, any... Not anymore. Andy, what do you think about this story, huh? Wow, it is an interesting one. Do you like it? Uh, I like it a lot, uh, mostly because- Do you? I, I, hold on. I didn't know anything about the witch elm tree, the witch hazel tree. That's a wild looking plant. That's what you're into. Yeah, I mean, the tree. I mean, uh, the, the mysterious circumstances surrounding this uh, poor person's death are also very interesting, but uh, I just want to throw that out there that if you've never seen the- uh, the witch hazel tree. Check out a picture it, of that thing. It looks like a very storybook yeah. tree. Yeah, this looks like a Brothers Grimm type of deal. What do you mean? It looks like a creepy like forest. Yeah. This uh, Hagley's, Hagley's Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. What do you, I mean, uh, I guess let's get some blanket thoughts here going, huh? Um. Well, I, you know... <clears throat> I'll say this like up front. We're going to talk about it, but I kind of uh I kind of just don't feel the conspiratorial uh aspect on this one. It's not really conspiratorial. It's it's, you know, we're deviating a little bit here. It's an unsolved mystery. Yeah, but That's I mean, okay. I mean, I think that there's I, I know we're called Mr. Bunker's conspiracy time, but we're allowed to deviate. Well, here's here's what here's where here's where I'm going with this art. Yeah, I, I, yeah, think, I think I'm this particular set of circumstances, to me, I guess up front, it feels like, don't you think this seems like a serial killer? A little bit. More than it seems a, a lot of these, a lot of these spy stories, it's sort of like the circumstances that lead up to it is the person knew too much or... They got an argument with, with the Nazi spy, and the mysterious Dutch Nazi spy. Yeah, the, this mysterious Dutch woman that got strangled to death allegedly and stuffed into the tree. I think that's an intriguing story. Uh, uh, the Una Mossop confession, sure, is an intriguing story to be sure. But there's some of the things about it that, I guess, I kind of question, which, like the hand. That's missing. The hand is weird. It, it's the hand why, is the weirdest part. Why cut off the hand? And why would they put do it that? somewhere else? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't fit to me to say this was like a crime of passion. You know, this was, this was in the heat of a moment, an argument, strangled her, and they. There's a moment of realization that you've taken another person's life, right? And then you panic and decide you're going to dispose of the body. 
at what point in that do you decide that you need to um cut the hand off uh stuff the the silk part that was like the uh well I don't know much about clothing but it's like the lining of the skirt oh the tef- tefteta Tafetta? Yeah. Tafetta? What is it? Yeah, Tafetta. <laughs> I don't know. You know. The silk. The, the silk. The, the silk. cloth. The cloth. Yeah, that they why subjugated it, her with. Why, yeah, why Why go to that? What, you know what I mean? Like, Well, I would guess. You, if there's a strangulation, to me, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't. Well, fit. You, yeah, I guess you could have, yeah, or also uh, uh, suffocated them by shoving something down their throat like that. Sure, sure. Listeners, Andy is just staring at me with dead it, eyes. It, it feels sure, sure you could do that. We you know what works better: acid <laughs> or uh, uh, quiet pills, gay bullets. You know what I always use is Anthrax. People can't resist the beat. People that love that band. band. Yeah, Ian uh, Scott driving guitar. Ah, uh, what a great thrash metal guitarist. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I I think that while the spy story is interesting, I just can't escape this feeling that this almost seems like a kidnapping, yeah, and a murder to me. So you're kind of leaning more towards the less sexy and grandiose ones. She was a mm-hmm. prostitute, or just a local person. And some other fucker was taking advantage of the fact that it's wartime England and you can pretty much do anything to anyone. And it's like, well, you know, they're going missing. I think that we have to probably as a society of human beings reckon that there are probably so many unsolved murders of prostitutes in human history because these are some of the most abused and uncared about people. Yeah. It's an old uh, profession. Yeah. The oldest professions. Right. And I don't know. I mean, think about what it's like in the United States today. Prostitutes are really on the margins. Yeah. In most places because prostitution is illegal. So Unless you film it. Mm-hmm. Prostitution is illegal until you film it. And then it's illegal? Then it's just porn. Oh. Oh. Think about it. Porn star gets paid to have sex. Okay. Yeah. And they film it. Yeah. And it's fine. Okay. But uh, you don't film it. It's prostitution. You heard it here first, folks, from legal art. Art. Art turdy at law. Think about it. Fucking porn stars are getting paid to get boned. There's probably a whole host of other regulations you gotta start complying with. Nah, 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 nah. It's the camera. I'd love to see you have sex with a prostitute, film it, and then <laughs> we're making a porno. Defend yourself in court that she's a porn star. She's a pornographic actress. It's illegal unless it you go to Nevada. It is self-produced, huh? Nevada. Nevada. They have the Bunny Ranch. Yeah. You ever heard of the Bunny Ranch? Yeah, I've heard of the. You ever watch that on HBO? Huh? Uh, you know the guy. Andy, you ever watch a little real sex? <laughs> yes, Art. I've watched. HBO's sexy program. Or was it HBO? Uh, Real Sex was HBO. Bunny Ranch. Bunny Ranch. Was HBO, I think. Sure. Um, That guy that ran the Bunny Ranch, I think his name was Dennis Hoff. 
Hoffman. He, he ran for either Nevada State Legislature position, a representative in the Nevada State Legislature, or for a a position in Congress. He died oh. during the campaign, and he won still. <laughs> what? The people in Nevada so did not want to elect a Democrat. They elected a dead man. How does that work? Because they knew then at least a Republican would still fill that seat. Oh, is that how it happens? They just like it just gets transferred to the party? Uh I don't I don't know. I think it depends on your local like what the race was and what the 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 local rules are. There might be some sort of special election to fill mm. his unexpired term, but probably in the interim until they can have a special election. It's probably they like his corpse state, up, the state like weekend at Bernie yeah, style. Yeah, his corpse has to fill the remaining term. Uh, <laughs> two bunny ranch employees, two like uh, prostitutes in skimpy clothing, yeah. hold up his arms. They turn him into a marionette, and uh, they have a they have a soundboard based on his uh, appearances on the Bunny Ranch TV show, and he filibustered for thirteen hours in the Nevada State Legislature. Yeah. Crazy man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Andy. I can, I mean, you know, I think you're probably right. But thank you. I don't know. There's some weird stuff here. What do you, What do you What do you think about the cover up, though? What do you think about that? MI five and the police start getting involved again. All of a sudden, they're like, "Oh yeah, some of this stuff's confirmed," and then the remains go missing. The re- the missing remains is interesting and. There doesn't seem to be a lot of good information about where the remains went or what happened. Now, you could say, like, they had, like, 3,000 missing persons cases. Like, they have so many. They're probably just like, you know what? Who gives a shit? It was just some lady. It didn't matter to anybody. Let's just get rid of the remains. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. uh, This could have been a time when they just got done with the war. was excessive, you know, storage of bodies for other purposes, and maybe it was just a... We don't have room for this one. Yeah. This cold case. We've we've got everything written down. Maybe we don't need the body anymore. Right. <laughs> because like un- unlike other things, they did do some forensics examination of the body. We did a little bit. I mean, it's hard to say with any kind of certainty how good a forensics examination that they were doing at the time or what sort of conclusions could have been drawn from it. Shall we say? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's interesting. The hand really throws me off because I think you're right. Gets me the hand and the silk in the mouth. I get the stuff in the mouth. That's that's what killed them. But put it together, the hand makes no sense. That's I don't. I think to me that's why it's just like screaming kidnap murder. That's what I'm. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah, big time from this. I, I mean, yeah, I guess you're probably right. <laughs> okay. Uh, those are our verdicts. Uh, thanks for listening to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Uh, I The spy thing, I think that gets me moving a little bit. I think that the hiding place is pretty good. It's damn good. To be honest. 18 months till some fucking pesky ass kids come along. I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't your stupid ass kids and your little dog. Yeah, you know, and, and didn't have the description of it is that they couldn't 
One of the kids could have been dressed up as a dog. We don't know that. <laughs> we, in fact, we do know that one of them was. <laughs> uh, they were all dressed up like characters from Scooby Doo. <laughs> um, this this body was obscured by the tree in such a way that the boys didn't see it. They only felt it. Yeah. So it was reaching into the tree. They felt it. So the hiding spot was so good. The way the the witch elm tree is that it couldn't even be visible. So in terms of a place to stash a body, I'd say that's pretty good. Pretty damn good. Hey, good job out there. <laughs> hey. Murderer. Hey. Psychotic murderer. <laughs> Great job. Uh, what about the graffiti? Yeah, the graffiti is a... Uh, that's weird. Uh, one thing I want to say about the graffiti. So it's uh, it appears... Uh, in what nineteen forty three is when the first the first thing appears, yeah, um, like Christmas time nineteen forty three or something forty three forty four. So this, um, you know, I I guess I struggle with it because it seems clearly like the person that I would think wrote it is was very young at the time, um, and almost too young to do it because let's look at it, it's. It's this. It's the same font. Uh, it's it's all caps. Uh, it's lacking punctuation. I mean, it seems like a boomer wrote it, but this boomer couldn't have been very old at the time. Not it's old a enough. Boomer text message. This is a boomer Facebook comment <laughs> on the. Bell it's got a misplaced emoji. It's got an LOL that doesn't make any sense. There. Right. But this boomer couldn't have been more than a couple years old. So it's just really baffling. Yeah. How this boomer yeah. was able to write. Yeah. It's that's another part of this mystery. Uh I don't know. So you think it's just someone playing a prank? Or do you think it's someone who knows something? I'll a lot say of this. times these killers, these this lends credence to your serial killer idea. Yeah, I think this might be like a like a they love to leave calling like a, cards, like a BTK or a uh, yeah. a Zodiac type of a situation. Oh, yeah, but there's no, I mean, there didn't seem to be anything that connects this to anything else. So this almost seems like an isolated incident. So I hesitate to say the word serial killer, but maybe this is the killer taunting the populace designed to inspire some sort of fear and who knows maybe there are more bodies that just haven't been found yet true and i'll say this i think that over the length of time that the graffiti appeared probably initially this is coming from one source maybe it's the killer um but at other other later attempts probably copycats i think so too i think later it became attempts, local lore yeah it became and, local lore Mm-hmm. And people just started doing it, yeah, for funsies. It becomes a thing. It's a fun little thing to do. But it's interesting that there's a name attached to this Jane Doe. I know, but like some of these things, they like line up. There are a lot of Bellas in the area, and they're like, "Oh, this Dutch woman named Bella, and she, you know, yeah, the um, the Dutch cabaret singer. I don't know, Bowerly and Bella. I'm not buying that." That's a stretch for me. That's a bit of a well. That one was kind of proven wrong. That was a really popular theory. Yeah. Until they found, they got her death records. That's more of a stretch than the length of her legs. Okay, six feet tall. Well, check the research. Look at the pictures. Yeah, I, I know she was six feet tall. Cabaret singer. 
Um, don't look at me like I'm some sort of sicko. You're a sick fuck. And she's probably ten times better of a cabaret performer than you. She wasn't anything. She couldn't hold a candle to me, <laughs> even if it was wrapped in a hand of a criminal that was murdered <laughs> at the gallows. Um, no, I'm talking a little bit about uh, Clarabella Drunkers. Right, Drunkers. That's a that's an interesting one. Sure, it's very interesting. There's not a lot there. It's just kind of like there was a there was a Nazi agent in the ta- at the time in the Midlands. He had a Dutch girlfriend living in Birmingham. Yeah, called Clarabella Drunkers. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, maybe maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's two and two. Well, maybe. You know, maybe she was actually the uh, lover of a Nazi spy and also got killed by <laughs> a serial killer. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, there's there's a possibility that it, maybe we're it's not one or the other. Yeah, maybe it's a combination of all of them. But how, where do you stand on uh, the occult stuff? Oh, you think she was captured by somebody and they used that hand? We don't have any indication that this person was a criminal. Right. And, and she wasn't hanged, hanged at the, the gallows. gallows. They so got that fucking wrong. Unless they're considering <laughs> this silken. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. Oh, we got a fucking. We need, they need to be hanged. Yeah. <laughs> Furthermore, there's a lot more stuff you need to do to a hand in the uh, old English folklore to make it a hand of glory. Okay, go on. You have to, like, marinate it. You got to oh. fucking, like, put all these spices on it and shit. You got to roast the motherfucker, baste it. <laughs> I mean, unless they count the taffeta stuffed in the face as being a hanging. Yeah. Which I think that's not a gallows, though. Right. Unless uh, we're assuming that from a tree in Hagley Wood, this, uh, this unfortunate victim was hanged with the taffeta. Right. I don't know. I mean, I just I'm not I'm not there on the on the occult angle, the witch the witchcraft aspect. I mean, it's interesting. The hand of glory does show up quite a lot uh in uh like a lot of media. It was in it's been in Marvel comics, it's been in fucking other crimes that are unsolved. It's been in a ton of different literature including Harry Potter. Uh, they talk about, I mean, in music, TV, films. Wow. Hand of Glories are popular. I guess so. Uh, what does it say here? So you get the hand, you have to cut it off the criminal. Okay. Uh, wrap it. Hold on. Let me write this down. In part of a funeral. I want to get this recipe. Pal. And so wrapped, squeeze it, squeeze it well, then put it into a earthenware vessel okay. with zamat nitrate, nit, nitre, 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 salt, and long peppers. The whole well powdered. Leave it in this vessel for a fortnight. <laughs> so boomers aren't going to be doing this because <laughs> these are kids playing Fortnite. Then take out and expose it to full sunlight during the dog days until it becomes quite dry. If the sun is not strong enough, put it in the oven with a fern and vervain. <laughs> what? And then you make with a, a candle. fern. 
Oh. Wait, do you make the candle? Then you have to make the candle. But you just take the the fat from the hand? From the from the felon. It could just be regular fat. Virgin oh. wax, sesame, and pony. And you use the can, the hand what? the hand of glory as a candlestick. Okay. Cool. So there's a lot of shit involved. A lot of they, steps. I think they just gave up because they just left the hand sitting out 100 <laughs> yards away. Yeah, somebody gave them that recipe and they were like, get this. <laughs> Fuck this. Jamie Oliver, you fucking, you expect me to do this shit? Gordon Ramsay, what the fuck? What the fuck is yeah. I'm not going to go get some fucking some occult gold vervain and Ramsey, yeah. nitrate. I only got fucking kitchen salt. <laughs> it's well, not Lowry's even- seasoning salt work? <laughs> This salt is table salt. It's not even iodized. <laughs> this My co- kids are going blind. <laughs> this isn't kosher sea salt. Look at the kerneling on this. Uh, wow. I didn't realize that uh, Hand of Glory was so involved. Yeah, there's a lot of steps, buddy. So sorry. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, maybe. Yeah. I just go back to it feels like somebody cut the hand off and left it someplace else. Yeah. Either as a sign or as there's probably some logic behind it, but I mean, you know, if you're gonna say it's an occult ritual, sort of like they didn't follow through with it. Yeah, there was right? no other stuff. Yeah, you would think a ritual would have some more shit. Involved. Yeah, yeah, some blood, blood patterns. Where's the pentagram painted in yeah. blood? Well, Andy, I got nothing else. I mean, this is kind of a cut and dry topic. <laughs> Unless you have other points you want to bring up, I'm ready to get to verdicts. Wow, you're ready to hit the verdicts hard, baby. I mean, it's a it's a short story. It's a short little fun unsolved yeah. mystery. I think the the fun of the mystery kind of carries this. There's not a ton to uh, there's not a lot of moving parts here. Worth mentioning too, though. I think that uh, one of the defenses of MI5 is that a lot of these documents may have been classified, and since the time that this happened. And MI5 got involved. A lot of this stuff has become declassified just through passage of time and yeah. unsealing the records and stuff. And yeah, I mean, nothing 19- has yeah. nothing has has illuminated this right this this thing any further. So it doesn't feel like there's a big trove of stuff that 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 the security agency sitting on. Sure. Yeah, 1953. It was like they probably didn't want to disclose how many fucking Nazis. <laughs> Right, we're right. living amongst the British population. Yeah, there was probably <laughs> infiltrating a them. lot of risk at the time, but now there's no risk, and so a lot of this stuff has been declassified and released. But none of the documents shed any light on it. So, to me, that that adds a little credence to that. It's not it's not so much a conspiracy as it is probably just a, a, a regular unsolved crime. Hmm. Yeah, it's certainly not run of the mill, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got nothing else, Andy, I'm ready to get to verdicts. All right, give me your verdict. I don't know. Give me your verdict. You got anything else? No, that's all I want to say. Give me your verdict. Yeah. Hit me Um, with that verdict. I think I'm just going to go... I think I'm just going to go plausible. Hmm. Yeah. That she was a spy. Okay. Or related to the spy, connected to the spy in some way. Because, uh, you know, I think... I think that that Clarabella Drunkers is a pretty damn good guess. We don't mm-hmm. have a lot of info to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's Bowerly. I think Bowerly was disproven. I definitely don't think it's a cult. But, you know, part of me wants to say that because it's fun. 
It's romantic, Andy. It's a neat spy mystery. Aw. Aw, it's romantic. Aw. Andy. Aw. A tale as old as time. <laughs> no, the, the spy theory just, I don't know, it's more fun. You know? Maybe a prostitute, maybe not. I, You know, the hand being cut off, I can't explain that. I don't understand why her hand got cut off. Unless these were machete-wielding Nazi spies. Yeah. Which, as far as I know, may or may not exist. I don't know. But you like maybe to, this particular you like to dream. Maybe this particular mysterious Dutch Nazi spy also <laughs> liked to juggle, and he was really confident in his juggling abilities, and so he could juggle machetes. And no, not Danny Trejo, because he hadn't been born yet. <laughs> he wasn't juggling three cloned Danny Trejos. I'm imagining this Nazi spy who goes, <laughs> you know what? I can almost do three rubber balls at a time. Yeah, give me the chainsaws now. I'm ready. And then he accidentally cut off, cuts off his mysterious Dutch Nazi girlfriend's hand. Right, right. And he's like, well, going to have to take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. No, I, I think plausible for the spy theory. Eh, plausible plus for your theory, Andy. This is your theory that it was it was it was maybe just a murder via serial killer. Wow, my theory's gaining some steam in the uh, weird serial killer guy. Bella in the Witch Elm community. Yeah, because I mean, we didn't. I mean, there's like you know, we just had a skeleton, right? We didn't have anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, we who who's to say that this is like some knife wielding maniac mm-hmm. killing people out in the woods and you could be like, well, here the victim has stab wounds all over the place, cut and dry. There we go. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, we just have the skeleton. So those are my verdicts. Sorry. <laughs> I forgive you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry for being who I am. Well, it's you've owed me and the listeners an apology about that for a long time. <laughs> uh all right, so my verdict. Um, let's just start with uh, the occult and the witchcraft angle. Case closed. That's not I'm, not. I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm selling that. Uh, the Nazi spy angle. I'm giving that a plausible minus. Okay. Because as not I've bad. already said, I just feel strongly about something else. I think that it's plausible. It's plausible. Like you said, I think the Clarabella drunkers situation is probably the most plausible of the that is Nazi a spy document. Things. There was a Nazi spy in Birmingham, right, or the Midlands, whatever. But he had a girlfriend in Birmingham named Clarabella, right. But it always it comes back to the same thing for me. We don't. We don't even know if Bella's her name. Okay, right. That's just coming from the graffiti. <laughs> Some motherfucker just said that. <laughs> so it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, it could just be a uh, Bella. Bella means beautiful lady. Oh. In Aww. Italian. Oh. This could just be some sort Romantic. of uh, affectionate moniker from a deranged individual. Sure. Who murdered this poor person? Um, I. So I'm going to be a plausible minus on the uh, 
on the Nazi spy theory. I'm giving similar to you plausible plus on my own theory that this was a go figure. This was a a kidnapping murder situation. We don't know anything about this this poor victim uh, that was so uh, roughly dealt with at the end of her life. Um, but it's the graffiti, it's the hand. That just doesn't feel very spy-like to me. If you're trying to fly under the radar, that's a bad way to do it, in my opinion. So, And you're I, a James Bond freak. I'm weird about it, yeah. I turn James Bond on while I'm having intercourse. Uh, Listeners, Andy's in jest, but he does actually very much enjoy James Bond films. Yeah. And he has seen all of them. How many times? <laughs> all of them... Eight times each. <laughs> you have the box set. I've been in your house. I've seen it. I might have gotten rid of it because it was DVDs. Yeah. Might have sold it. Yeah. When we moved. Yeah. Yeah. I did have it. Um, And I used to have the James Bond seen it game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's not a very well explored aspect of your personality. <laughs> Your love of James Bond films. We never talk about that. Wow. It never comes up. In the fucking decade that I've known you, I don't think we've ever talked about it. Wow. And you don't bring up James Bond a lot. No. But you love it. You can't get enough. It's probably my most favorite media is James Bond films. I mean, you're joking, but like you like James Bonds a lot. Yeah, I do. I didn't... Uh, you hate Daniel Craig. No, I don't. And you hate uh, who was Timothy? Who was uh, who was the guy who was only James Bond once? No, George Lazenby is who you're. George Lazenby, of. you hate him. I don't hate oh, him. Oh, you can't stand him. That that beautiful male model was able to be James Bond. Uh, it makes me so mad. When are they going to have an obese, ugly James Bond? <laughs> Who's your favorite Bond? Uh, Top two Bonds. Okay, well, Timothy Dalton. <laughs> number, number one. Number one. Uh, I think I think number one for people. Uh, in our age bracket is always going to be Pierce Brosnan, right? It's like it's it's a mixture. You go between Pierce Pierce Brosnan and Sean Connery. Sean Connery is like the original, but Pierce Brosnan is your that's the nostalgia pick. Uh, I also really like Roger Moore. Um, Roger Moore is a good one. I don't know. I think that um, I think they're all good in their own way. You know, I like Craig a lot. I don't have any problem with Daniel Craig. I have that a problem Casino with the Royale movies. Fell was film was so good. Ugh. Casino Royale is so good. Ugh. What don't you like about Casino Ugh. Royale? Ugh. You don't like that it's like real. There's no cue. There's no goofy gadgets. Yeah, where's the goofy gadgets? Where's the misogyny? Where's <laughs> all the camp? Now, here's the thing that I didn't like about the Daniel Craig Bond direction they went with the films they made it super anachronistic and it bugged the crap out of me okay what's that mean because it was supposed to be prequels to the james bond that existed in the 1960s yet it's technology that's very clearly 40 plus years after the james bond initial thing so you're chronologically speaking it just doesn't add up that it's sort of saying like James Bond started in the current the current year. Is that that's what those movies are saying? Is that James Bond became who he is in like 2014 or whenever those movies came out? I think it was the late 90s, right? Early 2000s? 
Mm. Casino Royale? Oh, you're right. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it had to be no, like that. That movie came out when I was like in high school. Yeah, so, it had to be in the 2000. Yeah, actually, and yeah, you're right. Before 2000. 2010. Yeah, late 2000s, yes. late aughts, late aughts. So you're mad that 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 story is like the prequel for James. It's like his. It's his story. It's why he is who he is because Vespa, his lover, right? Vesper or whatever Vesper, her name is. Vesper. He and Vespa, loved, his scooter. He loved that scooter. That, but it was never meant to be. That, those dorky Italian scooters. Oh, he loved them. That Vespa, that Vespa, much like Vesperlind, couldn't survive the water. But people weren't ready. People weren't ready for a man in scooter love. They weren't triangle. ready for James Bond to take off his pants and make love to a scooter. <laughs> they also weren't ready for the sequel where he made love to Scooter the Muppet. <laughs> Yeah, he fucked that Muppet dirty. Oh, Scooter. But it was so sexy. Scooter loved it. His he, little dreadlocks were bouncing. He fucked it, and then he comes back, and it's covered in gold or oil, whatever happens in the second. Baby oil. Craig. Yeah, baby oil. The oil refined from babies, pure baby oil. No, just, just so. I'm an oil man. I make baby oil. Wow, it's Daniel Plainview. Hello. The worm, um, Eli. What it? I drink your baby oil. <laughs> I drink it up. So sniveling little worm. So you liked Casino Royale? I, I just didn't. I didn't like the campy goofiness because I didn't grow up watching that kind of stuff. I didn't like Q. I don't like the gadgets. I didn't like Pierce Brosnan. What? Why? I liked I liked Daniel Craig because it felt real. Like he was punching people with his fists and shooting people with guns. Yeah. And driving Aston Martins. And then I like how he's naked in a chair and they hit him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was cool oh. as hell. Yeah. When that evil, as a young sexually awakening teen, that evil uh, jet ski played by Mads Milkinson is hitting Daniel Craig in the balls over and over again in a special chair that they designed just to hit people in the balls. Yeah, they cut the hole in the bottom. <laughs> so they can hit him in the balls. So they could just have that rope that had the big knot at the end. Yeah. That gym class rope. <laughs> uh, Boy, Casino Royale was a weird movie. Evil jet skis making love to a scooter. Uh, I just liked it. I thought the I thought the acting was good. The storyline was good. The movie was I've clear. I've never said that I don't the like pace Daniel was Craig good. or the actors in it. I think that... Yeah, the realism. I would love a real, realistic James Bond, but it's the story part of it that it was that it bugged me. So you would be happier if that movie was set in the sixties? If no, if they just said like this is like we're just rebooting the whole thing, and we're we're just starting. This is isn't that what they did? But they didn't, right? No, they did. They tried to keep this continuity with it. They did. Yeah. How? That's what I'm saying. How? Who? Who? Wasn't M in the Pierce Brosnan films like a dude? Yeah. And then M in well, no, no, Craig films no, is Judy, Judy Dench. Judy, Judy Dench was in the Pierce Brosnan films. Oh. So maybe that's where your your disconnect is coming in. <laughs> I felt like Casino Royale, the Casino Royale story is clearly a reboot. It's it's the first Bond book. And it's not the first it's not the first Bond film, right? Because the first one was Russia from Russia with Love. No, Dr. No. Dr. No was first. Yeah. But the Casino Royale is the first Bond book written by Ian Fleming, correct? 
I think that's accurate. Yeah, because it sets up the story. It sets up why he's a he's a playboy and he doesn't right. fall in love with anybody's because his one true love died on his like one of his first big missions, right? Or his first big un you know whatever he uncovers, right? And that's why he is the way he is. Why he's sad, right? He's a little sad boy, right? He's an orphan boy. Right. Plus, you had Daniel Craig looking beefed out, hunked out in those tiny little booty shorts. I mean, come on. Yeah, he looks great in the movie. Tell me you didn't want to be Daniel Craig. Every guy wanted to be Daniel Craig after that movie came out. I wanted to be almost anybody but myself. <laughs> You'll be the scooter. Literally, yeah. I'll be the fucking rope that hits him in the balls. I know you will be. That was your favorite part of the movie. Dude, I can't watch that scene. That scene hurts. That is yeah. a painful scene. That scene, I, as I was watching that in the theater, I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, this, like, oh. This ratcheted up. Oh, I have oh. a boner in oh. my popcorn oh. bucket. And you reached over and you were like, hey, Amanda, reach into this popcorn bucket. And she was like, hey, it's popcorn, but the popcorn's all sticky. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's kettle corn. There's this little tiny hot dog in the bottom of it. A, a Vienna sausage. Why is there Vienna sausage in the bottom of this popcorn bucket? I uh full disclosure listeners I bring sausages from my home into the movie theater and I dump them into the popcorn <laughs> liquid and all I like the popcorn to get soggy with sausage water oh god damn it Andy we're trying to talk about Dan Craig getting hit in the balls and you're making it gross I like when it's that wet like newspaper paste kind of popcorn surrounding the still Difficult to chew kernels, shards, and it tastes a little bit like Vienna sausage. I don't like popcorn very much. I love popcorn. Plus, I just thought all the roles were super well casted. If anything, I think Mad Milkinson's, what's his character, Milich? I don't remember. That bad guy has a name. I don't remember now. But I think his could have been fleshed out a little more. But like, oh, the poker scene with them and it. It sets up the whole shaken, not stirred bullshit, why he says that. I don't know. I felt like some of it dragged a little bit in the casino part. I felt like it took a long time to get there. You yeah. know, I felt like it was Maybe. one of those movies. Eva I, Green was great. Oh, she's per she's great. Great actress. Yeah, absolutely. But I have this thing with movies that if I Her become chemistry, if I become aware of how long it is, it's too long. Yeah. And I fair. became aware of how long that was. That's fair. Uh, I thought. Quantum of Solace sucked. The rest suck. I'll give you that. Skyfall was better than Quantum of Solace. Skyfall was cool. That shootout at the end of Skyfall. The end of the movie was great. That is dope. That was a fun. They're in this old uh, Scottish, you know, but like if I, house mansion thing that he I, grew up in. If I have to be honest with you, though, I couldn't follow it. The story was confusing. I Because like, the, the whole story is that he's uncovering this, like, worldwide, essentially Illuminati. Yeah. And then, and that's where... Uh, What's the most recent one they did? Oh, I haven't, seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. He he essentially plays Jaws. Oh. What's that guy? That bad guy? Jaws? There's a Jaws in the films, yeah. Oh, what, does he have metal teeth? Yeah. Okay, this is probably Jaws. And like, yeah, there's like this like worldwide conspiracy called uh Fuck. Let me look it up. It's gonna is it Spectre? Me. Spectre. It's Spectre. So that's that's the same thing from the other movies. Right. Spectre. Right. And uh, he uncovers, it's it's basically all the films are leading up to him uncovering that. Ernst Blofeld? <laughs> what a name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although that, that film is, that film really fucking sucks. Mm. It sucks because it was, it sucks that that film was so bad. Yeah. And then I think they just did another one. 
After he said he was retiring from Bond, they made Daniel Craig do another Bond. They're going to do one more, and then is it Idris Elba that's going to be? Or that was just a rumor. I think that's just a rumor. They rumor everybody's going to be Bond. I think he'd be a good Bond. He'd be a great Bond. I know some people got pretty resistant about it, but I think it would be good. There's a lot of, like, you just get, like, a handsome dude who's a good action star. He's going to be a good Bond. Look, at this point, at this point, what do we care, right? Like, they've, they've. They've they've jumbled the whole thing. How many more Bond stories? Can so they what write? what sort of sanctity, quote unquote, do you think you're protecting? Make any good actor or actress or whatever a yeah. Bond. Why not? Whoever could do a good Bond, Jane Bond. Yeah, why not? I don't care. Uh, government Bond, U.S. Savings Bond, uh, Gold Bond. Foot cream. The, sh- the Shaq Bond movie, Gold Bond, Foot Powder. <laughs> no, he does the Gold Bond lotion. Yeah, he he's always version. squirting that lotion onto oh, his hand. In so the much, way too much, just way too much. And then you have to, you have to ride it out with the commercial because you don't need that it. much lotion. Dude. He rubs it until it dries. Listen, I moisturize just as much as anybody, but you don't need that much fucking lotion, dude. No, I mean he's a big guy. He's got a lot of skin. He's got a lot more skin than me. A lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Uh, I only use like, you only need like a, like a size of a dime, maybe even less. I'll drop a dime on my moisturizer. All right, listeners, that was our verdict of uh, who put Bella in the witch elm. Who put Bella in the witch elm? Who put Bella in the witch elm? Who? 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 Kind of feels like a musical. Who? 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 Like Sweeney Toad. City on fire. Mischief. And he doesn't get those references because he didn't do theater in high school. I did not. I don't know anything about musical he theater. He didn't have to see five different high school productions of Sweeney Todd. Only a few of them pretty good. What did I see in my high school? Well, I was in my high school Into production the woods. of... No, I didn't see... I've never seen that one. Uh, that was a popular one at my high school, though. I, I was on the crew for it, and yeah, I got to do the smoke. Um... I was the I played Horace Vandergelder in my high school's production of Hello Dolly. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh they did the Music Man one year. And I think I worked in the theater for that one. I did I was an usher or something. So I saw that every night I think that that it was that it ran. Oh. Um Sound of Music, I think they did one year. Popular. And I don't remember. I don't remember the rush. Well, anyway, that was our discussion of musicals. <laughs> musicals from high school. <laughs> uh, listeners know that was our verdict of Hoopaville and the Witch Elm. Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Tweet at us at, at mrbunkerpod. Mr. Use the hashtag Hoopaville and the Witch Elm. Who put bunker? Who put Andy and Art in the bunker? There it is. Huh? How about Who that? put Andy and Art in the bunker? And make sure that's all caps. <laughs> Don't use a question mark. Art's writing it down right now so that he'll remember to tell you all later. The show notes. And feel free to slide into our DMs on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Let us know yeah. what you think. And hey, let us know if you want us to cover any topics yeah you got uh, anything you want us to do i mean we'll run it by the big man mr b. Big man, b andy it's time for a regular segment now at this point oh 
going to do a little make em ups. Oh, this is uh, listeners. Would you like to make believe with us? That's right. Would you like to make believe with us, listeners? Because I got a question for old Andy, and I'm going to see what he comes up with. Uh, Andy. Right. In our story today, we talk about the Hand of Glory, which is a occult ritual, again, that allows, uh, supposedly, if you, if you do it the right way, it allows uh, you to render anyone who comes across it motionless. Mm-hmm. They're unable to move, and possibly it also unlocks any door. So my question to you, Andy, you have to make your own cult ritual, like the Hand of Glory. Okay. What is your ritual, Andy? What powers does it give you, and what body part do you use? Okay. <clears throat> um, well, Art, I I actually spent a lot of time thinking about this. I'm sure you have, you sick freak. And <laughs> I had a hard time settling on what to say this okay um but i think this is here's the direction i'm gonna go okay the body part i would use is we'll see if it's better than a james bond film direction but uh, <laughs> well i low I, bar yeah according to andy yeah not uh, according to me uh i would use the um i would use the both large and small intestines <laughs> in their entirety <laughs> okay uh, Interesting. The the ritual uh, would be that you would take the intestines um, from the uh, from a from a glutton, okay, and you would bake them in the sun. Uh, all right. Uh, until Gross. they until they become like chicharrones. <laughs> Huh? Not quite. Oh, okay. You stop before then. You want them to have some flexibility. <laughs> okay. Because uh, what you're going to do is you're going to use them as a rope. <laughs> and you're going to turn it into a lasso. Okay. And any any creature <clears throat> that you that you lasso with this intestine uh, will be instantly turned into a delicious meal. And you will get to enjoy... The fruits of no labor. So if you've ever wanted to have a whole roasted hippopotamus, hard to do on your own. Just lasso that thing. What so does this instantly kill it? Yeah. And and tank and no matter and if you eat the flesh of this creature that has been lassoed with your intestine rope. Mm-hmm. Um which what are we calling this? Uh, uh ooh, this is a tough one. The innards of innards of uh Cook a flavor. Innards of cuisine. Um, maybe we could... Quiz it. Maybe. Quin... Quin... I don't know. Um, Quintestines. <laughs> the flavor tract. Oh, that's decent. Um, let's use that as a working... working okay, working, working name. Yeah, we'll come back to you listeners on final final decision on that. The knot of... The knot of tastes good. <laughs> uh, the KFC Yum Lasso. <laughs> it's branded. <laughs> oh, boy. One time I went to KFC with my family and I got giblets by accident. Giblets. 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 <laughs> what are giblets? I don't know. I think giblets was one of the uh, Nazi SS officers. 
what? Herman Giblets. <laughs> Giblets. Giblets. Yeah, they were gross. Oh. Not like them. Sorry. Did not know that they were giblets. Um, so that's what I would do. Okay. That's weird. Thank you. <laughs> but I could see it being very useful. Yeah. Uh, I could see this, uh, you know, in times of famine, mm-hmm. people doing this ritual to make uh, disgusting creatures. Yeah. Gamey, gamey, gross little creatures make them very flavorful and tasty. Yeah. I mean, if you... If you thought that you didn't want to eat a dog, change your mind. Oh, no. Oh, no, Andy. (laughs) Don't we eat dogs? Why? Oh, here we go again. Why? (laughs) Why not? What's the difference between them and anything else? (laughs) God. I don't know, Andy, because they're lovable and they're our pets and they're our friends. Why Why are people have pigs as pets? They find pigs lovable. Some people do. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I so mean, if you're saying it's a personal decision. Logically, you're correct, Andy. Thank you. But socially and culturally, mm-hmm. you are a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. But I'm on the right <laughs> side of this argument. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're weird. Well, I don't care. It doesn't matter if. People want to ban you off of all social media platforms. Ban me. Bring the ban hammer down. Uh, you are logically correct. Uh, you put, have logically won. Put me in a tray of warm water and pop me in the oven. Ban Marie. Anyway, before we veer off track here too much, Andy, we got to close up shop. We've got to close up shop. We got to get up out of this bunker. Bunker elm. Bunker tree. The bunker elm. The bunk elm. <laughs> the bunk elm. The bookends of the bunk elm. Uh, listeners, thank you for coming with us on this journey today. Andy, nice to see you, listeners. Do you have any last words? Um, hey, thanks for being with us, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show. Well, uh, I think that about does it for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my squee. Nice. Co-host Andy Hart. Squee. Uh, I'm Arthur Stone saying that is the whole enchilada. Squee! Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on... Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.